0: Welcome to Rewished, a charmed 1998 Rewatch podcast. Join us on our journey as we recap, examine, and critique the series episode by episode from the beginning.
1: We'll be keeping our podcast spoiler-free, so we welcome fans new and old to join us in watching and reflecting on one of our favorite shows. Currently, we're on season two.
0: I'm your host, Jess Savanko. And I'm your host, Mia Sabanko. Now let's get into this week's episode. This week, we're discussing Season 2, Episode 1, Witch Trial. It originally aired on September 30th, 1999, and had 6.12 million viewers.
1: Season 2, we're finally here where things start to... I feel like connections tend to last longer in Season 2 as opposed to Season 1 where it's more like each episode is something different. And I'm really excited for it and... We're starting off with a great episode that I just, I'm excited for this season.
0: Yeah, no, I'm so excited to be here. Like, I can't believe we're in season two. I can't believe we're finally, like, recording this episode. You know, it took us three weeks between the end of season one to get here. So I'm just, I'm so excited. And (laughs) let's get right into it. So we
1: are at the manor and it's nighttime. And it's a full moon, and Phoebe walks in the house and asks if anyone is home. And she says out loud, Sister Witches, guess what? And then she walks into the living room and sees Piper making out with some guy on the couch. Someone like her. And she freezes, Piper freezes the guy. And then she's like, Sister Witches, I can't believe you said that. And Phoebe was like, well, how was I supposed to know that you would be here with someone? Because the last thing she heard was that Piper was meeting a banker friend about a loan. And she goes, is this the credit check? And she's like, we're just kissing. We were just kissing. And then Phoebe's like, Piper, you don't have to justify it. You're single. You're responsible. Way overdue in the sex department. I say go for it. And she was like, I'm not way overdue. Phoebe gives her like, a funny look. Just a little funny sister moment. And then Piper gets all like anxious. And she's like, I would never sleep with a guy just to get something. You know that. And uh, Phoebe's like... Piper you're going through a lot no job straining to buy the club you haven't heard from Leo in weeks etc and then Prue walks in while she's on the phone with someone from work we assume talking about an auction and then Piper's like oh no go back outside and makes her go back outside and he unfreezes or she unfreezes the guy on the couch and Prue walks back in and then Prue and Phoebe get introduced to Rob. And then Piper asks for a rain check on the rest of the evening, and he leaves. And then um, says that they're meeting at the club at noon tomorrow, and they kiss each other. So is this a new love interest for Piper? Who knows? (laughs) Um, And then (laughs) Prue says, so did you get the loan? And Piper's like, hopefully I'll find out tomorrow. And Piper and Prue start to walk away. Then Phoebe's like, where are you going? Do you even know what tomorrow is? And neither of them have any idea. And she's like, it's the one-year anniversary of us becoming witches. Phoebe wants to have a little celebration with them and tells them that their anniversary also falls on the autumnal equinox. So it's, like, double powerful. And then Phoebe mentions that she met another witch who's non-magical at the bookstore who um, told her about it and thinks that, and she thinks that they should learn as much as possible as they can about who they are. And Prue says, I think we should just leave well enough alone. We've been demon-free for over a month now, and I'd like to keep it that way. And Piper's like, amen to that. And that's the end of this scene. So, interesting introduction. This is so unlike Piper to be with the guy on the couch. I mean, can't tell if I love it or I hate it.
0: (laughs) Part of me is like because they're talking about it so like are her and leo together like i'm just always so confused about the status of their relationship
1: (laughs) i know they always kind of leave us on a hanger i mean now that they all know leo's secret and leo obviously knows about them i wonder if it's kind of like a where we hook up when you're around kind of thing or like if they just don't if they're not together or what's going on you know
0: yeah, so that's a little confusing to me, but, like. And they confess their love to each other. That's in that what I'm episode. saying.
1: So it's very, very confusing, but.
0: Like, one episode they're, like, you know, singing endless love in the rain together in love. And then the next episode, like, Piper's making out with some guy for a loan. I'm just confused.
1: <laughs> I know, right? Like, and then Piper over here explaining it to Phoebe. I love how just supportive Phoebe is about it. But, like, also condescending at the same time. Like, she's kind of shitting on Piper over here. Like, you got no job. You know, your life sucks. You haven't heard from the guy that you love. Like, I'd be like, okay. Like, (laughs) 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 all right, I get it, Phoebe. Thanks. But a good little intro. And, I mean, nothing really too exciting happens in the first scene. We find out that it's their one-year anniversary, which is good news. But no demons yet, so...
0: Yeah, and I guess, you know, for the most part, like you said, this is just kind of a cute sister scene getting us into the idea that they've been witches for a year now, and they've been demon-free for a month, which I guess we can assume is since Andy died.
1: Yes, because we haven't, that was the episode that we left off on in season one. Prue ended on a pretty positive note, but I mean, as expected, I'm sure it's going to hit her, and we see in this episode that it does Andy's death you know has been affecting her a little bit and I was wondering how she was gonna how she was gonna handle it after you know I'm glad they weren't just gonna completely let go of the whole Andy thing
0: yeah me too and I'm really interested in talking like later in the episode about how like because we kind of end on that positive note like you said in season one where she's like Well, you know, even though there are bad things about being witch overall, she seemed happy and like secure about it. So I'm interested in talking about how that's kind of shifted in the last month and how she got to the point she's at now.
1: Me too. And can I just say, once we get to um, a little further in the episode, I was, it wasn't even like I was trying not to cry. I was just bawling my eyes out. Like, (laughs) it does get pretty emotional at one point or a couple of points, I
0: guess. I know I forgot that I was like because after you know in the season one finale I was so emotional I wasn't expecting to get emotional again in this episode like I forgot about some of these moments and I was just like "Ooh, hitting me.
1: I know exactly so I can't wait to talk about them and uh, let's just get right into it.
0: Yeah so then we're in the attic and it's the next morning like it does the book opens and those pages start turning in their own Phoebe walks in and sees this is happening and calls for Prue and Piper to come see it. And Piper's kind of like, why does the book do that? How does the book do that? And they go over and the page says, rite of passage, fight it with the power of one or else. And a portal opens on the wall and there's this demon there and he kind of has like horns and he's like very demon-y. The wind blows And Prue starts to use her power, but then she hesitates and he takes the book into the portal and the portal closes. Piper's like, what the hell was that? And Phoebe asks where the book is and Piper says, so much for being demon-free. And we just end on Prue who looks very upset.
1: Yes. So that little hesitation from Prue, our strongest leader who always takes charge, just from the start seeing her do that, like, Already that made me feel like, oh man, you know?
0: Yeah, I think between seeing like her reaction in the last episode where she kind of like wants to avoid all the witchy stuff and then kind of seeing that hesitation in her here shows us just how much this little like break from demons or whatever has affected her. Like she's kind of gotten out of the swing of things and clearly like her emotions have been impacted by everything that's happening. And as we know, like their emotions are tied to their powers very closely.
1: Of course, it's taken such a toll on her emotionally, which, like you said, affects her powers as well. So I guess we'll see what happens with her and the sisters and this demon who is incredibly horrifying looking. Like, he just... (laughs) Like, they didn't have to make him look like such a devil. You know what I mean?
0: I kind of liked it, though, because I feel like some of the other demons, I'm like, Mm, Like I wasn't feeling their makeup or their look for whatever reason. Like you could definitely tell season two has a new budget because like this actually looks good. Like it looks well put together.
1: That's what I meant. Like it looks so so much more real than any of the other ones that we've seen. Just hidden with hidden us with that right off the bat. But I do love it too.
0: We'll also notice in this like this episode they introduced like more than two locations in the episode, which I'm like, wow, really upping the budget here. Right? They've expanded
1: their uh their horizon and it's It's no longer so just Quake alike. in the
0: Manor. <laughs> yeah, I know.
1: Seriously, those are the only two places we've ever seen. But I, I guess since it started or since season one picked up pretty hard, they were able to get the budget for this. Yeah. Okay, so then we uh see the theme song and we see that there's a new guy and a teen girl introduced in the theme song, but no Leo. And we don't know who these two people are. So I guess we're going to
0: find out. When I saw the theme and that Leo wasn't there, I was shocked because in my like head, Leo is in season two a lot. Yeah, so...
1: is he not? like Is he not a regular character in season two? That kind of threw me off.
0: Yeah, so I guess we'll have to watch and see how much of season two he's in, but I could have swore there was a lot of Leo in season two. Well,
1: I would think so. Anyways, after the theme song, we are still in the manor, and Phoebe is knocking on the wall where that portal was that he came from. Prue is picking up papers that blew all over, and Piper asks if she found anything. Phoebe's like, No, it came out of nowhere and went nowhere. Piper says that he's powerful because no other demon's been able to steal the book and Prue says if he's so powerful why didn't he kill us and phoebe's like he probably didn't want to go up against you the power of one that's got to mean your power it's the strongest piper agrees with her and says that they have to figure out how to find him but Pru's a little like iffy about this like why you know why does that have to mean that i have to do it and phoebe's like we better think of something fast because without the book of shadows we're not the charmed ones anymore and they all kind of look down dramatically (laughs) and then the doorbell rings and phoebe goes downstairs to answer it
0: the only thing i'm really picking up on is that clearly there's something that prue doesn't want to talk about like she's obviously uncomfortable with the magic stuff and her sisters aren't picking up on that quite yet
1: yeah they haven't seem to notice that she's kind of in a funk right now but it's been made clear to us already
0: mm-hmm. yeah so then we go downstairs and phoebe opens the door and it's a teen girl the same one from the theme song and she is so upset she asks to use their phone and says it's an emergency so phoebe lets her in she grabs the phone and like kit meows and Prue and Piper come down, and Piper's kind of like, are you out of your mind? And Phoebe's like, what was I supposed to do? Say no? Look at that poor girl. And that's when this man enters, and he's calling for Jenny, which I guess we can assume is the girl's name. And all three of the sisters are like, whoa. And they hear that she's calling Saudi Arabia. And the man, who we find out is named Dan Gordon, tells them that they're moving in next door, and their phone isn't hooked up yet and that Jenny is his niece, and she's not talking to him, that she's trying to call her mom. He walks over, and Jenny storms out. He follows after her and is kind of like, I'm sorry, it was nice meeting you, and he leaves. Then Phoebe's like, I saw him first. Piper says, demons now, drooling later. And Prue says that she needs to go to work to meet a client, and Phoebe asks if she's really going to the office with what happened. Prue just nods and goes upstairs which like honestly mood. And then Phoebe is confused and asks Piper what's the matter with her, and Piper says it's the first demon she's faced since Andy died, maybe it's bringing up some bad memories.
1: Okay, so at least Piper's able to acknowledge it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um and you just forgot to mention, but Dan Gordon one of the most handsome men i've ever looked at in my life
0: (laughs) i was gonna ask you i was gonna be like what do you think of dan (laughs) i think he's so cute he's so cute
1: he is he is very cute i say i've always thought that obviously this guy's becoming introduced i mean he was in the theme song he's gonna become part of the show that's not any spoiler but i'm so excited to see like what happens and what his involvement is and like does he find out about the witches does he get with one of the witches because it looks like phoebe's got a eye on him so who knows
0: i know i'm like is this phoebe's love interest we were talking like in our wrap-up about wanting phoebe to find a love interest is this the love interest we've been waiting for
1: could be like definitely something um something to look out for i'm very excited to see what role him and his niece play in the show now because we never saw them before
0: Yeah, and like, you know, clearly they're neighbors, so I wonder if they're going to be in kind of like a positive role with the sisters or some type of like negative role. I don't really know what's going to happen with them. Well, I mean, I do, but I'm pretending I don't. Um, (laughs) So I'm interested to find out what goes on with them in this episode and obviously throughout the season since like we said, they appear in the theme, so they're obviously going to be recurring characters. Exactly.
1: And at least here, Piper is acknowledging the whole... Andy thing and we still see that little frustration from Prue I'm surprised that it's taking Phoebe so long to pick up on it
0: but whatever that's true too because uh, I feel like Phoebe is usually more like intuitive than this so it feels a little out of character for her to not be noticing but maybe that's just me
1: Yeah it feels like it more likely would be her to kind of notice it and acknowledge it but um, I mean she's got other things on her mind the demon whatever she's focused on the anniversary is what it is so after this we are now I guess in the portal wherever this demon came from we're we're there we're seeing him and we see the demon move his hand over the book and it opens and he's chanting in some like weird other language and moving his finger up the page of the love spell and the words
0: disappear as he does that I mean, I guess we don't know what's going on there yet, so we could talk about it the next time we see him.
1: That's what I figured, because I guess we don't really have an idea of, like, what any of that means yet. Yeah. Except that, obviously, he's erasing or something the book somehow.
0: Yeah, he's doing something to the book. We just don't really know what that is yet. Yeah. Can't be good, though. Nope.
1: Okay, so now we are in the park, some park. And Piper and Phoebe are standing around a rock with flowers and candles and sage and stuff on it. And there's a group of women around them. And they're in very cute dresses. They're very, they're dressed very nice. And they're there celebrating the equinox. Phoebe says, can't you just feel it? The energy in this place, it's a convergence. And Piper's like, it's a crock. And Piper thought that they were meeting Phoebe's witch friend. And Phoebe's like, yes, yeah, she told us to meet her here. And then her friend Stevie approaches, and they go over to her. And she asks if Piper is a witch, too. And Piper's like, sort of, I don't know. And then uh, Piper asks if everyone hears one. Stevie says, no, it's a group of believers who came to celebrate. And she tells them that the Equinox is a powerful day and makes their potential greater. All they have to do is connect. And Phoebe smiles, and she tells them that they have to try it. Piper doesn't really want to, but Phoebe says that they have to because they don't have, like, what do they have to lose? And then the woman behind them starts stripping, and Piper sees this, and she's like, well, apparently we've got our clothes to lose. And then Phoebe pulls her over by the rock, and they kind of hide behind it, and they start taking their dresses off, and Piper's like, what are you doing? Phoebe's like, when in Rome. Piper's like, no, 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 we're, we're not in Rome, we're in California, and it's illegal here. Phoebe's like, it's natural. And Piper says it's ridiculous, but starts taking her dress off, too. And then Phoebe's like, everybody's naked. It's not just you. And Phoebe closes her eyes and hears a voice that says, the power of three. And she asks Piper, is like, did you just hear that? And she's like, what are you talking about? Phoebe recognizes this voice as Grams, their grandmother. And Piper starts covering herself. And she's like, what? Grams is here? I don't hear anything. And Phoebe just kind of looks
0: yeah okay so a couple thoughts on this scene first of all it's so funny when like she's like grams where like covers her boots i know (laughs) i know it's so funny (laughs) love it but also like okay i'm like i have like mixed feelings about this because i feel like in one sense like i feel like it's cool that they're portraying these like women who are like spiritual as like being really comfortable in like nature and like with nudity and all that stuff but at the same time I don't know it feels kind of like like they're trying to like make it kind of like sexy at the same time which is like weird to me
1: maybe a little but I feel like the way that they concealed it I I feel like it was more for comedy purposes which can be taken as like okay you know and I understand that but.
0: Yeah, but that's what I mean, too, like, kind of, like, making fun of it, almost, like, making it, like, you know what I mean? Because, like, I feel like a lot of people who are, like, artsy and spiritual and stuff are, like, very comfortable with, like, nudity and, like, that type of stuff, and it makes them feel, like, more natural or whatever. Um, As you can tell by the way I'm talking about it, I'm clearly not that kind of person, but, like... (laughs) I I feel like they're kind of, like, poking fun at it and, like, making it, like, a weird thing, which I get why Piper feels that way, because I would probably feel very similar if, like, someone brought me to something like this, but, like, I don't know. It just, I feel like they should either, like, roll with it or, like, not. Like, I, I don't really like that they're kind of, like, poking fun at it the way they are.
1: Well, true, but it's kind of, like, I mean, one of them is and one of them's not. Like, you said, Piper's more, like, oh, I don't, really feel comfortable with this but phoebe's like i think we should do it we should embrace it so i feel like it's more of a. don't know i i just didn't really take it that way i saw it more as an accepting thing and then just trying to make a little comedy with piper (laughs) just their difference it kind of speaks more to the way that each of them think you know the differences and and how they are as people um like we've always said phoebe's always been the more carefree like maybe even more spiritual one. Piper's not so much like that. So to me, it just kind of showed more of each of their characters.
0: I think you're right. I think this is a good scene for like kind of exploring differences in the two characters. But I do Um, see what you're saying, yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you a question. Would you go to something like this?
1: I think if I didn't know that it was happening, like they didn't know when they first, like if I knew ahead of time that that's what we'd be doing, I'd be like, no, I'm not doing that. But maybe if I was there, maybe I'd change my mind. It kind of depends on how I feel about my own body that day. But most likely it would, it would be a no from me.
0: Yeah. I just don't have like the self comfortableness to like do something like that. Like, I don't even like like getting changed in front of other people.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, it, it makes me pretty uncomfortable too. I can't, I don't see myself ever doing something like that, maybe if I was drunk, but <laughs> but aside from that, I'm not so sure.
0: Yeah. good. I'm glad we're on the same page. Not because yeah. there's anything wrong with getting naked in the park, except, you know, the fact that it's illegal, but, like, <laughs> if that's your thing, like, go for it. I just, it's not mine. <laughs>
1: I'd be so worried that other people are gonna walk by, or I'd be like, I mean, I hate to say this, but. I wouldn't be looking at the other girls judging their bodies, but I'd be looking at them judging my own body because of them. You know what I mean? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Thinking that they're judging me or like thinking that like, oh my God, they look so much better than me. Like, I don't know how I feel about this. Yeah. I think that's just what would go through my head, honestly.
0: Yeah, I totally feel the same way. I'm really interested in, you know, Phoebe's kind of desire to find this connection to like not just like their physical magic, but like kind of the more spiritual side of magic, like I was mentioning, and this connection with like other women who are, you know, Wiccan or into a witchcraft in some way. So that's interesting to me too. And I wonder if that's going to play a role ongoing throughout the season or if it's going to be a one episode arc for Phoebe that she's looking for that connection with other witches. Yeah,
1: I've all, I mean, I've thought the same thing too. Remember season 1 with the whole uh why am i forgetting the demon of fear episode what is it called the from fear, fear to, to eternity. eternity when they go to get that charm i feel like phoebe's always seemed a little more comfortable with that idea of um sharing it with other people and mm-hmm. things like that so we'll we'll see but i i do think that out of all of them it makes the most sense for her character to be the one getting into it spiritually
0: yeah i totally agree
1: And I am also excited to see the progression of that and to see if maybe we see Stevie again. (laughs) Or is this just going to be another friend that gets introduced that we just never hear from again?
0: Yeah, I wonder. Stevie, are you getting added to the theme song next week? Right? And Stevie, I
1: mean, honestly, Stevie's kind of an important character for this episode. Like, as we go on, we see that some of their information comes from her, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Like, the whole reason they know about how powerful this day is and kind of make some connections is because she knows about it. Like, she's got all this information and you guys don't even use her in future episodes or anything.
0: Yeah, and that's, like, one of those things I feel like is almost missing from the show sometimes is this idea. I mean, yeah, they have, you know, Grams and their mom who pop up occasionally, but I wish that they did have someone regularly in the show who, like, does know more about magic and can be that kind of guiding light for them as they're learning their powers and their craft.
1: Yeah, some sort of, some sort of mentor. But, I mean, I, I do understand at the same sense, like, it's supposed to be more of them figuring it out and growing on their own. And I do like that they are able to kind of learn things by themselves and become more powerful, which is because because of everything that they've been through you know like a trial and error kind of thing
0: yeah i like that too i just wish that you know even if they weren't a regular character like if we had someone who was there a couple times i think it would be interesting connections to kind of keep going on i definitely agree so then we're at buckland's and Prue approaches this woman who we find out is named mrs milton and she tells her that they're gonna have a turn a great turnout. They've been getting an excellent response to her husband's collection, and we see that this woman looks kind of sad, and Prue is telling her that they should do a bidding war to get top dollar, and she still looks really sad, and that's when Prue asks if everything is all right, um, and kind of like if she's okay with them doing a bid, and you know, the woman says that she guesses she's having a little more trouble letting go of John's things than she thought she would, and Prue tells her that it's not easy. And she asks if Prue deals with death a lot in her work. Um, She's like, like this, auctioning off some poor widow's inheritance. And Prue's like, unfortunately, yes. And she tells Prue that she keeps thinking about the last time she saw her husband before the accident and how she thinks if only she'd done something or said something to stop him from getting in the car, that he'd still be alive. And Prue just kind of looks at her, which, you know, we can infer that means Prue feels the same way about Andy.
1: Yeah. I do like the way that they included, like, just kind of slyly brought in another character who Prue can relate to in a sense, you know, someone who's going through a similar thing in their life, losing someone.
0: Yeah, I think the connection here is really smart. And I think kind of the significance of the relationship that this woman lost her husband and then kind of comparing that to Prue's loss of Andy to show us just how important like he was to her is really well done. I also like this little, like, comment that she makes that, like, you know, Prue deals with death a lot in her line of work, obviously not knowing that Prue is a charmed one, and she truly does.
1: Yeah, I I was thinking about that, too, the way that they kind of s- snuck that in there.
0: I like that. I
1: think I think they did a good job in this scene. They're, they've always been pretty good at building these little connections that kind of come in and mirror the charmed ones and their emotions. Like, instead of saying it they kind of show this connection in this mirror image of what's going on in their own life
0: yeah and I think this one's done really well and I'm happy to talk you know more about it later in the episode as we see more of her interactions with this woman
1: agreed so now we are at the club or the industrial zone where Piper the one that Piper is trying to buy and Piper's car pulls up and she gets out with a bunch of papers in her hand and puts on a jacket And she walks past SWA Properties for sale sign out front and goes in. And then Rob is already in there, our boy Rob. And she (laughs) apologizes for being late. And she's like, it needs a lot of work. I know that. And just because the two owners went bankrupt doesn't mean it can't work. Done three separate marketing studies and found a 60% interest in the target clientele and all this. And she's just kind of rambling on. And he looks at the papers with her. And then he kind of interrupts her. And Piper's like, well, plus running a restaurant is very similar to running a club. And he's like, Piper, you already showed me all of this. I've got it. I just don't understand why you want to put yourself in a position to fail like this. Clubs are such a high risk business. And uh, she tells him that she knows the risk and says that it's a lot less than owning a restaurant, which is what she really wanted to do. And then she says that she doesn't want to work for someone else anymore and help them realize their dreams and that she wants to have her own place and she needs his help and rob says well at the risk of your never wanting to go out with me again congratulations she got the loan and they hug and kiss as if they've known each other their whole lives yeah it's pipe as if it's piper and leo right in front of us
0: literally there's like so much about this that like (laughs) makes me uncomfortable just because like I feel like this show very frequently, like, blurs the lines between, like, work and, like, relationships, and I'm just like, can't they just meet someone not at work, like, not through business transactions? Right?
1: Like, they don't ever go- well, I mean, if you think about it logically, the only place that they ever go is home and Quake (laughs) that we've seen, so I guess it makes a little more sense, that and work, so where else are they gonna meet someone?
0: true they never go like out anywhere else though i mean with piper opening a club maybe they'll have a new opportunity to meet some people who they don't work with
1: let's let's hope so And, (laughs) and now they don't have quake anymore to fall back on because she left so who knows what's gonna happen
0: but um shout out to swa properties making another appearance another reference to from fear to eternity coming back in this episode
1: I know, I love that. Anytime that there's like a for sale sign on anything, it's always S.W.A. properties on uh, the, you know, on the, on the sign in this show.
0: Is it? And I never time- paid attention before.
1: I've noticed it several times throughout watching the show, and even I think it happened more than once in season one. <laughs>
0: Did it? I'm gonna have, have to start paying attention property. to that going forward.
1: And I'm telling you, everything, everything says it. I mean- There's another instance that I can think of, but I think it comes on later. Yeah, I don't think we've gone through that yet. But just another instance where there's a for sale sign and it's SWA Properties again.
0: But another thing I like about this scene is the way that we're kind of getting this explanation of how Piper got to the point of opening a club. Because, you know, we ended last season with her talking about wanting to open a restaurant. Um, And I get why for the sake of the show. It was very popular at this time for TV shows especially ones on the WB and CW to bring in a way in order to get live music on the show to make more money through contracts with um what do you call it musicians and record companies. So that's the real reason Piper is opening a club instead of a restaurant because it gave them a chance to make more money off the show. Other shows that did this around the same time, I mean Buffy the Vampire Slayer has a club in the show where they constantly have live music. One Tree Hill does it a lot, where they have live artists come in to perform so that they can make money through those record contracts.
1: Wow, I never realized that. Is that, like, you You
0: found out that that is why they have the club in the yes. show? Yes, Mm-hmm. wow that's crazy i didn't even i never even i mean i didn't that. find out for this show specifically but i know that that's why wb shows were doing that was so that they could make contracts with record companies
1: that's smart
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you know what's funny there have been multiple songs and musicians that i started listening to because of this show because of the live music in it
0: Yeah, and that's why the record companies wanted to make those deals, because with these popular shows, they were getting more listens to their artists, because this was before, obviously, streaming services and social media to promote music that way.
1: Oh, good idea. Never thought about
0: it. So then we're back inside the portal with um, our favorite demon, who, as of right now, we don't know his name. He is on the page with the spell to vanquish a warlock, and he starts chanting again, and it disappears. Then we see major throwback to season one, episode one. Jeremy appears and he has a knife in his hand and is all covered in like those bloody thorns that he was in when he got vanquished. And the demon says, were you vanquished by the charmed ones? I'm giving you a second chance. And then he kind of like moves his hand and Jeremy like disappears.
1: So now we have more of an idea of what he's doing with the book. Reading off the spells in some sort of way bringing these demons back which is I feel like such a creative idea for them to bring up
0: yeah I really love this as the anniversary episode and kind of I mean we were talking about it before we started recording but season two opens really strong and I love this idea of bringing back like past demons in this episode and kind of reminding us of what's happened before and everything that the sisters have already been through in the first episode Yeah, they
1: do like they do a whole callback to multiple episodes of season one and it's like it's kind of exciting to me because you know it's interesting that they found a way without just doing like a whole recap they're like including it in the episode which I think is really smart and really creative and uh it's fun to watch you know it's fun to See these demons come back, and then be like, "Oh my god, I don't remember when that happened."
0: <laughs> yeah, and I love like little callbacks to things. I notice it a lot more because I'm a big like rewatcher. Everyone knows that about me. Like even like one of my friends who I hang out with all the time, like he'll notice things I'm watching. He'll be like, "How many times have you seen this show?" Because he's never seen it, so he'll be like, "What's happening here?" I'm like, "Oh, this leads to this, this, and this." He's like, "Why are you watching this?" Like I, I like watching things I've seen before. <laughs>
1: I do the same thing with my boyfriend. I'm always making him watch over multiple shows that I've already seen, like, and I'll literally sit there and say, like, the lines back and forth because I'm that annoying, where, like, I'm just, like, I just know every line. Like, I just watch these things over and over again because I love it
0: so much. And I feel like the more I watch something, the more I notice, like, the more subtle callbacks, and I just love noticing that.
1: Me too. And it's kind of, there's something comforting about rewatching the same shows that you've like known and loved, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, that's the whole reason we do this, right? <laughs> exactly. This whole, <laughs> and I love
1: that we are doing this in this podcast because I mean, I've always, as we've talked about, we've both seen this show several times, but I feel like now I'm able to appreciate and acknowledge things that I never even considered before.
0: Mm-hmm. And there are so many things I'm, like, noticing that where I'm, like, I can't wait to mention this again in, like, season four or season five when, like, a similar idea comes up and, like, connect back to season one or season two.
1: Me too, every time. And every time I'm just hoping that I don't forget, I'm going to have to start writing down the little connections that I can make for future episodes. (laughs) But anyways, so now we are at the club again and Piper and Rob are just standing there making out. As you do with anyone who has just given you a loan, and um, she hears Grams's voice now saying the power of three. Piper stops and like is like, "Did you hear that?" And he's like, doesn't know what she's talking about. But then she hears it again, and all of a sudden behind Rob, Jeremy appears, and she looks sh- just shocked. And he knocks Rob out from behind, and Piper screams, and he's like, "You're dead, witch!" And she freezes him. And then she picks up the phone and calls Prue and Phoebe, like a you know three-way call. So we're kind of back and forth between wherever each of them are. Prue's at work, and her phone rings, and she Piper tells her that Jeremy attacked her. She's like, that's impossible. We vanquished him a year ago. And Piper's like, well, he got unvanquished somehow, and since we don't have the Book of Shadows, we're going to have to remember the spell together. I'm conferencing Phoebe, and Phoebe picks up the phone, and Prue remembers the spell, and it was the Power of Three spell, the Power of Three will set us free. And Jeremy starts fighting through Piper's freezes and isn't staying frozen very long anymore. And Phoebe's like, put us on speaker so they can all say the spell together, and he's laughing, and she presses the speaker button. He starts attacking her, but all three of them start saying it together. And he blows up again, and this time the special effect is a little more realistic. And they're both calling for Piper, uh, Prue and Phoebe are, and she gets up and she's like, it's okay, he's gone again. And so that was our introduction of Jeremy again for the second time. And now the girls are getting an idea of what he's doing.
0: Yeah but can we just take a moment? You're dead witch. You dated Piper for six months. You can't say her name.
1: Right? Like you just forgot. You just going to completely disrespect me like that.
0: (laughs) It reminds me of, this is a funny personal story, but there was, speaking of me making fun of the sisters dating coworkers, there was a coworker who I went out with like twice and we were at work once and he didn't want people at work to know that we like talked or whatever. So someone was like, Asked him something about me and he pretended not to know who I was. It was like, what? You know my name. What are you talking about? I hate
1: it. Dudes are just such assholes.
0: Like, it's not weird for you to know my name. If you know my name, people aren't going to think we're dating.
1: (laughs) Yeah, people aren't going to be sus of that. Jeremy just doesn't want anyone to know that they had any relations aside from (laughs) Witch and Warlock, I guess
0: um but otherwise you know in this scene I like the quick thinking of putting the phone on speaker to kind of say the spell together
1: me too I think they did a good job the way they had it all three of them and again with the whole recall back to season one a very good idea also I've noticed that every time these demons come back like pretty cocky like like, oh, this time I'm going to get you. Like, what What makes you think you're not going to get your ass whooped just like you did last time, you know? Literally. Like Literally. Your confidence. your confidence should be a little
0: shaky now. <laughs> it's just like Rodriguez in the last episode of season one where he was, like, getting cockier each time even though they kept fucking vanquishing him. And it was just like...
1: Exactly. What? It was like, why is your confidence growing? Like, mine would be on the floor right now. I'd be <laughs> shitting my pants. But
0: do you. Yep. These goddamn demons. <laughs> so then it's a little bit later, and we're still at the club, and there's an ambulance outside. Inside, Piper is kneeling next to Rob and a paramedic, and he's, like, on a stretcher with a neck brace, and, like, there's a bandage on his head. Very dramatic. <laughs> yeah, I know.
1: Like, Jesus Christ.
0: <laughs> and Rob is, like, kind of being a little bitch. He's like, how can you not have seen who attacked me? How is that possible? And Piper's like, oh, I guess I was blocked or something. And then he just sort of disappeared. And Rob's like, I'm starting to understand why this place keeps going under. And Piper's like, no, no, no. Like, it's not a bad crime area. And then the paramedics lift him up. And he says he'll be looking into it. And they take him away. That's when Prue comes down the stairs and passes by them. And she asks Piper if she's okay. And Piper says, yeah, but she thinks her loan is on shaky ground. She's like, I couldn't exactly tell Rob. It was just a warlock. Don't worry about it. And Prue's looking around and says it would be a shame if it didn't work out because she thinks the place has a lot of potential. And Piper's like, you think so? Care to loan me 60 grand? <laughs> and Prue laughs and they start talking about Jeremy and how they don't want any other demons they vanquished to start showing up as well. They say that Phoebe is looking into it with some new books of hers. And Piper says that she wishes they had their book. She feels lost without it. Then she mentions that she heard Grams right before Jeremy appeared and that Phoebe heard Grams this morning. She says that maybe Grams is trying to warn her or was trying to warn them about what was going on.
1: So, here again, a little more comedy between them. I love that they always put in the little sister moments, but I don't know that I have too much to say. I mean, it's kind of they're just talking about what happened, basically.
0: Yeah, you know, I'm interested to see what's going to happen next and kind of how they're going to figure this out without the Book of Shadows, so.
1: Me too, definitely thinking about that, and also what Grams has to do with this. I can't wait Mm -hmm. to find out about all of that. Yeah. So, now we are at the manor again, and we see Phoebe sitting at the table on her laptop, and there's a bunch of witchcraft books on the carpet and the table next to her, and she's writing down notes and then kit meows. And she looks out the window and sees Jenny sitting outside with Kit on her lap. And she gets up and goes out there. She goes up to Jenny and introduces herself and tells her Kit's name, like Kit Kat. Phoebe's trying to be all, like, sweet and happy. Jenny's not smiling. She's just kind of not in a good mood. And then uh, Phoebe starts asking her about school. And Jenny tells her that she's living with her uncle for the school year because her dad is in the State Department in Saudi Arabia. Phoebe asks if she got in touch with her mom. And Jenny's like, it doesn't matter. She's like, if it matters to you, it matters. And then she tells Phoebe that she needs tampons, basically, because her time of the month is coming. And Dan isn't being very helpful. And Phoebe notices Kit's collar while they're talking and kind of, like, focuses on this. And then Jenny starts to ask if Phoebe could maybe get her some things. And Piper pulls up into their driveway uh, next door. And Phoebe picks up Kit and tells her that she has to go. Jenny looks kind of sad. And she says to ask Dan again, and if he still screws up, then she can come to them next door at any time. And Jenny smiles at her. And then Phoebe goes to Piper and says that she knows how to figure out who the demon is. Says, all that we have to do is ask the Book of Shadows. And shows her Kit's collar. Starts talking about the symbol on Kit's collar, which is the triquatra, same as the symbol on the front of the book. And she says the symbol of the power of three, our symbol. Maybe that's what Grams has been trying to tell us. And she mentions the connection and Stevie and Piper says, I still don't understand how we can ask the book for help when we don't have the book. And Phoebe grabs her and they go inside. So Phoebe's on to something here.
0: Yeah. And I like the way she's kind of like putting the pieces together and figuring it out. Again, that she's doing all this research even without the book of shadows and kind of Like you said, Stevie's clearly very helpful to them in this episode. So, like, thank God for Stevie. Shout out to her for being a real one. For real, honestly.
1: And I also kind of like the idea that they're doing an episode without the book, like, the help without the help of the book, and we still see them get through it and figure things out and get the book back in the end. And the way that it kind of shows that their powers are growing and they're growing as people, at least Phoebe is growing as a witch, trying to still figure things out feel like every time they rely on the book and this is the first time that they don't have that to fall back on and Mm -hmm. uh figure out the answer
0: yeah I also think you know the Phoebe and Jenny stuff in this scene is very cute I like the connection they're building and I'm interested to see how that might grow throughout the season to be quite honest I mean
1: I'm excited about that too I've never really liked Jenny that much
0: I don't know. I, I, I don't know that I have a solid opinion of her. I'm interested to see how it develops as the season goes on. But also my question here, why couldn't Dan just take her to the store and she picked out the tampon she want? Like, I feel like this was such a problem for no reason. I know the way she kind of
1: bugged out about it and like went to the neighbors and everything. A little
0: like I get it like boys don't know anything about tampons I I I feel you there but like either tell him the ones you want or just go to the store with him grab it and he can pay like
1: I know and how old is she like she's got to be like 14 right Fifteen. yeah probably like 14 I'd say yeah like why are you like go to the store yourself even you know what I mean I don't know. Hey, can I have $20 so I can just go pick this up for myself real quick? Like, I don't know. I feel like it doesn't need to be that difficult, but that's all right. I also just want to mention that I love that Kit is included.
0: I know. I love seeing Kit all over this episode. I'm like, oh. And I like that Kit likes Jenny. Like, I feel like the last, like, outside person we saw Kit really like was Andy. So I like that there's that there, too.
1: Oh, yeah. I didn't. I never realized that. That's. That's true. It is pretty cute.
0: Like the people we've seen Kit like are Andy, Aviva, and now Jenny. Yeah. So then we're in back in the house and we're in the sunroom and the spirit board is on the table. And Phoebe thinks that it can show them how to find the book like it did before. And she's telling this to Piper. So they put their hands on the pointer and Phoebe closes her eyes and Piper's kind of like skeptical about it. But then they both hear Graham's. It starts moving and it spells out Abraxas. Which no one really knows what that means. Yeah, I I didn't even know what that means. Just kidding, I did. But it's only because I've seen the episode before. (laughs) But I think this was a smart idea. Um, I was
1: about to say another thing that I do like is that they included the spirit board, like, again, a recall from the first episode where the spirit board is what helped them find the book in the first place. And now the spirit board, they're bringing it back out to help find... book again and they're doing this on their one year anniversary like i just think they they were so smart about this episode
0: yeah i'm really loving like the callbacks like the more obvious ones and even the more subtle ones so exactly yeah so then we're back inside the portal and we see the demon again and this time he's chanting over the woogie man spell then we are back in the sunroom where Phoebe walks in with the book and says that she found Abraxas in one of her books and says that he's a demon of the astral plane who destroys witches by demonizing their powers. And Phoebe says that the book is where their powers come from and he must be turning it evil somehow. And that if he does this, that it would undo all their spells and it would explain why Jeremy came back. And Piper says, and the woogie man and phoebe's kind of like when did the woogie man become unvanquished and piper's like a couple seconds ago and then we hear that like evil laugh and they both get up and phoebe's like freaking out and tells piper to freeze it and she's like remember like it doesn't freeze and then she's telling phoebe to remember the spell and just like jeremy the woogie man is like die which (laughs) is like they have names these men need to stop not knowing women's names it's disrespectful (laughs) So then Phoebe starts saying the spell but she like can't remember it but then the two of them remember it together and start saying it and they vanquish the woogie man. Phoebe's like it was a good thing we were together and Piper says that he must be reading the book backwards to turn it evil because the Jeremy spell was at the back of the book and the woogie man spell was right before that and that they need to warn Prue. So Phoebe goes to the phone and as she touches the phone she has a premonition of the demon Nicholas, or the warlock Nicholas, I'm sorry, killing Prue, and she tells Piper that. Yes, so here we
1: are, recall after recall. Woogie Man, always one of my favorites. Always a pleasure to have you around. We'll see you next time, if you come back. (laughs) (laughs) But always with the die witches, like, fucking you die, like, you're gonna get your ass beat. Why aren't you? (laughs) (laughs) What are you talking about? And I just realized the little, how... Phoebe's like, oh, it's a good thing that we're together because that becomes kind of more important throughout the episode.
0: Yeah. How are they picking up on these things? Like, why does Piper remember that where the spells are in the book and that he must be like doing it backwards? Another thing that's just so convenient for the plot for them to like pick up on so easily. I know that they don't they aren't even making the connections
1: through any uh real way they're just it's just kind of occurring to them to do this yeah (laughs) um but i mean is what it is at least they tried with the whole phoebe and kit thing
0: yeah (laughs) see that one's felt like really smart and like well placed to be this one just felt like oh of course like someone will just have a memory and then there we go
1: yeah exactly like it just always works that way or something Okay, so now we are at Buckland's, and the place is full of people looking around at the guy's collection, and then Prue is walking through, and she sees Mrs. Milton looking at some of the items, and a man, who uh, I guess is maybe her new assistant or something, approaches Prue and tells her that Phoebe is calling, and she tells him to tell her that she'll call back, and she goes over to Miss Milton. Miss Milton tells Prue that she's very good at her job and she had no idea so many people would be interested. Prue's like actually I think it says more about your husband's collection than it does about me. She kind of smiles at her Um, and then Prue asks how long it's been since the accident and Miss Milton says that it's been about eight months and asks Prue how long it's been for her. Prue says not very long and then All of a sudden, Nicholas appears across the room and Prue notices him. I noticed this too. Nicholas is a different actor, but he appears and Prue sees him. And he starts walking towards them and Prue starts running away towards her office. Great idea. And he's knocking people over as he walks by, just (laughs) mad casually. Just not even making eye contact, just walking through these people, basically. And then in her office, he comes in and he starts using the ring on her again. And she's on the floor trying to say the spell, but she's kind of struggling to remember as he's slowly killing her. But she finally finishes it and he vanquishes and she passes out on the floor.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So weird to me, I I hate that they do this. Like, and it's so many shows and movies where they'll be in a public place and like something bad like that will happen and they run to somewhere where they're alone like I mean I guess I, I guess I get it here because she can't vanquish him in front of all these people but um I feel like I notice things like that all the time like why would you run to a place where you have nobody around you to help you
0: yeah and like you could have like gone to like the elevator or something like gotten away instead you go to your office which is like a closed room <laughs>
1: yeah exactly like no escape you're on the like 47 millionth floor like what What was the plan there I mean
0: it worked but still yeah why couldn't they get Nicholas's actor back like I'm really confused you could get everyone else back and like if you couldn't get him why didn't you just pick a different villain to put it
1: I know it definitely it felt weird to me like they were able to get Jeremy back for just this one scene and that's what I'm saying it was one scene
0: why couldn't they get that actor back
1: who knows but for some reason they chose to use him again and i realized that i was like did he like clean up or something or is it a completely different actor it took me a minute to like no he looks nothing like him he looks nothing yeah it's a completely different guy not even similar at all and this guy looks a lot cleaner too yeah At least jeremy came back how he left off all fucked up and like Bloody and thorns and everything. This guy just came back looking like he just
0: took a shower and gelled his <laughs> hair, like
1: <laughs> he took a quick break before coming to kill Prue.
0: Also, to kind of go back to the Mrs. Milton and Prue section of the scene, um, I thought that that was very sweet. I like that, you know, they made that connection more clear and that she could tell that Prue had also lost somebody, so she was kind of picking up on that, which I thought was really sweet. And
1: cute. yeah, you see, you see the emotion here between the two of them. Like, Prue seems to really understand what she's going through, and you can you can see that on her face, and you can see the emotion from Miss Milton, kind of, like I said, mirroring what Prue feels inside, and it's, it's such a good connection.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then we're at the hospital, and we see Prue laying in a bed, and Piper and Phoebe are there, and so is a doctor who's telling her everything is back to normal, but that he wants to run more tests to find out what caused her temperature to rise like that. She tells him she thinks she knows how to keep it from happening again. And he's like, well, all right, I'll see to your discharge papers then. Like, what? What?
1: Yeah, I know. That is
0: not how going to the hospital works. But yeah, so then he leaves. Just casual. You know, this woman almost died. But if she wants to dip, like, that's fine. (laughs) Prue gets up and Piper's like, that was close. The paramedics said you almost died. And they're talking about how they need to get the book back. And Piper says that they don't know where the astral plane is. And Phoebe says, yes, we do. It coexists with our own plane. Remember, that's what Stevie said. And then she says that she thinks the demon is in the house since only they can take the book out of the house and that they need to find a doorway or window into the astral plane and they need to do it before the end of the equinox. And then Prue can kick some astral ass with the power of one. And Prue looks super upset and leaves. And they follow and ask her what's wrong. And she says that she thinks it's a long shot. And Phoebe brings up that if he gets to the first page of the book, they're toast. They lose their powers. And Prue's kind of like, so we go back to leading normal lives again. That doesn't sound so bad. And Phoebe is like super upset and confused. And Prue's like, look, we always said that things happen to us for a reason, right? So maybe this time it's to give us an out. And Piper's kind of like, there's no out. Abraxas will kill us. And Prue says, not if all he wants is the book. After all, that's the real power, not us. And Piper says that if that was true, he wouldn't keep sending demons and warlocks after them. And Prue's like, well, we won't have to worry about that anymore if he gets the first page. We stop risking our lives all the time, which means we stop watching the people we love lose theirs. And she walks away and Phoebe goes to go after her, but Piper's kind of like, let's just let it be.
1: So- real quick kind of what went through my head in this moment i mean very emotional touching scene but when Rue walked away and like piper was like let her be like let's like hold back you know like so what happened they let her walk a few feet and then they started following after her because like they they needed to exit so like they were just like walking behind her you also
0: know like I mean? don't like- they need to drive her home like sh- they came yeah. to the hospital
1: <laughs> Like it kind of like it kind of threw me off a little there and just made me laugh just picturing it like just they're just walking like a couple feet behind her out the door silently and then just the silent car ride home. She's like standing ahead of them waiting for them to unlock the door. Like I don't know why I just pictured the whole scenario and it just cracked me up. Like
0: I I didn't even think about it, but you're so right.
1: (laughs) Like how weird that must have been. (laughs) but um (laughs) but I guess for the show's sake it worked so here glad Prue's okay again with that whole doctor thing made absolutely no sense (laughs) but it's fine and then that kind of hurt seeing Prue so ready to give up on witches being witches especially on their one year anniversary how could she
0: (laughs) I know and like I really feel for Prue at the same time because I get where she's coming from and I think we're really seeing just how much like Andy's death has affected her and kind of like her self-confidence and also her like confidence in whether or not like what they're doing is truly for the greater good if like it just means losing people and risking their lives all the time
1: yeah I totally understand where she's coming from with that whole thing as well I mean as much as I don't think it's what Andy would want and I don't think that it's what's for the best I can see why Peru is having such a hard time believing that being witches is for the best anymore
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah because it is true I mean they have they're constantly losing people it's it's just an endless battle like I would probably get tired of it too
0: mm-hmm.
1: so I yeah I totally
0: yeah I agree
1: Okay, so now we are in the manor, and Phoebe is sitting at the table, Piper's looking in the fridge, and Phoebe says that they're screwed, and Piper says that Prue will come around, Phoebe's like, by sunrise, you know how Prue is when she makes up her mind about something, that's it, you know, we're screwed. Piper's like, and we're out of wine, and then the doorbell rings, and Phoebe goes to get it, and it's Dan, and he has a bottle of wine in his hand and wanted to thank her, For getting Jenny to talk to him. And she tells him, like, thank you, but this isn't necessary. And he was like, I was sort of hoping to get something out of it. I mean, you know, for Jenny, just in case she needs a woman to talk to again. She's like, of course, anytime. She seems like a great kid. And then the phone rings and uh, he's, they're kind of, he says, see you around. And she says, hopefully. And he leaves. That scene, like, the whole. The way they were looking at each other and kind of smiling and talking to each other the whole time seemed a little flirty to me. I don't know that I was describing it well, but it definitely came across a little flirty.
0: Yeah, no, I definitely saw that there as well. And I think there's kind of that like innuendo of like, oh, like I wanted something out of it. Like, yeah, so why? Like, wine, you like...
1: Saw... right. But I guess we'll see. You know, could be a potential love interest. And then. Anyways, once he leaves, Piper hangs up the phone and says that it was Rob's assistant telling her that the loan was denied. And she says, it just wasn't meant to be, I guess. I'm really glad I never slept with him, though. What was I thinking? And Phoebe's like, about Leo, maybe? And she hugs her and then pulls out the wine and asks her if she wants some. Yes.
0: So, about Leo, maybe? Leo better come back, I swear to God, if they're playing with my feelings. Like...
1: Here they are with the whole Leo thing again, but, like, so here's my thing, and I think you're very similar in this sense, where if I have my eye on someone, if I, if I really love someone, I don't even want to hook up with anyone else, you know, like, I don't have that desire, so even if things were in a weird, like, I don't know what's going on thing with Leo, or, like, a partner that I was with, I couldn't imagine that I would go and hook up with somebody else, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, no. Uh, i exactly you' like
1: you know finding new love interests in between leo i feel like and i just i just can't imagine that i would ever do that no literally i'd be
0: like sitting in my room like i hope leo calls i know like i'm like waiting for a text
1: messages from him every day like that's <laughs> it
0: some guy would come up to me
1: i'd be like ew i'm taken sorry <laughs> literally <laughs> I mean Piper do your thing it's understandable I just feel like I could never you know
0: yeah no like because I get it because I know like other people and I've seen them you know like when they're having like complications and like not really together with the person they like want to be together with like they'll try to date other people so like I get it you don't want to like hold yourself off forever but I would hold myself off forever yeah (laughs) yeah exactly
1: I'm, I'm definitely the same way. (laughs) <laughs> and like I kind of expected that Piper would be the same way too I feel like being the most romantic one I could see her doing that you know but yeah definitely
0: because I, I feel like I could see you know like Phoebe or Prue if they were like in between with somebody I could definitely see them doing that I feel like it more fits their personality to like yeah less
1: than Piper right mm-hmm. but um I mean, whatever, it's okay. I'm still, I feel like any guy that comes along though, my thought process is always just like, no, not for him. Like, he, it doesn't matter. Like, you're not going to last long. You're not Leo. You're not
0: literally. You're not we long. established in Love Hurts that Leo is, quote, the love of Piper's life. So I'm not accepting anyone else.
1: Exactly. And I feel like even in between each of these little, love interests or little things that dates or whatever that happens with Piper, Leo always gets mentioned in the end, which mm-hmm. is just a sign to me. Like even here, Phoebe had no reason to even like mention Leo and he got brought up after her and this guy ended. And um, what was it? Even with Josh, like she started thinking about Leo again and this and that. Like he always gets brought up. So we know that he is that guy. Okay. But, anyways, anything else to add there?
0: You know, I'm sad for Piper that she didn't get her loan. Um, But that's really it.
1: Oh, yeah, true. And I mean, Piper seems to care a little more about the whole, or at least understand a little more about the whole Prue and Andy thing. Phoebe doesn't seem to feel it as hard. I mean, she will see in the future that that does change. But it seems like right now she's still not picking up on just how bad it is for Prue. Like, she's very focused on the demon instead you know
0: yeah which once again like even though yeah phoebe is the most like witchy one of the sisters it feels out of character because phoebe is an empathetic person
1: exactly that's that's what my mind went to as well where it was just like it doesn't feel like phoebe because obviously especially if the if the reason pru is having such a hard time like it's obviously stemming from andy's death and obviously that needs to be dealt with before they can go further with the supernatural stuff so i just don't know how phoebe isn't the one that has noticed that yet you know
0: yeah and i also just like i see phoebe as the type of person who would try to talk to someone like i like if she were sitting down with prue and trying to have a conversation with her and like deal with prue's feelings that would make more sense to me than like her just being pissed off at prue with piper
1: exactly
0: So then after that, we're at the police station and Prue goes up to Daryl and there's this very like awkward hello between them and then they go to sit down and as they're walking, they see Andy's empty desk and Daryl mentions that he hasn't gotten assigned a new partner yet and she apologizes for not coming to see him sooner and they take a seat on like the little bench and he's like, I'm just glad you're here now, Prue. I've been worrying about you. She tells him that she's all right and he asks why she's avoiding him. He's like, I know what you're going through, Prue. I lost him too. And she says that it's been hard to face him after what happened. And she needs to know what Andy told him about her and her sisters, um, who they really are. He says that all he knows is that you were involved in some of our unsolved cases and that you somehow helped stop the killers. She asks if there's anything else. And she says, he was my partner, Prue. I didn't need to know anything else. And then she asks why he covered for them when Andy died at the house. And Daryl says, because he asked me to. That's why I've been trying to get a hold of you, to give you a message from him. That morning, after he saw you, Andy told me to tell you that if anything were to happen to him, that it wouldn't be your fault. He didn't want you to blame yourself. And Prue says, too late. And she looks down all sad. And then they hug. And my heart breaks.
1: Oh my god this was just so so devastating to watch. I mean this is the part that made me bawl my eyes out when I actually saw it. The way they played the emotion was so perfect and already went like right away when Prue saw Andy's desk like her the face she made I felt it in my soul like I was so sad for her.
0: Yes and like honestly you know Dorian gregory throughout what we've seen so far has been like a great comedic actor he's been good in a lot of scenes but i really saw the strength of his acting in this scene and i was just low-key in love with daryl here
1: me too i mean we've never really seen the emotional like or a comforting kind of side of him i mean with some of the victims but not like this you know
0: not personal
1: exactly we've never seen anything personal like this with daryl and it just feels so good to see that, especially starting off in season one, like, I feel like they're getting, they're starting to get closer. And I like that they're bringing Daryl or, like, involving him in this whole thing with Prue, because I feel like that's kind of maybe his little introduction to becoming closer with the sisters. Mm-hmm. He's still in the theme song, so obviously we know he's still going to be a, an important character, so.
0: Yeah. yeah. And I just, you know... The Prue and Andy of it all, the way that Andy knew that Prue would blame herself and, like, kind of having talked to Daryl about what might happen and protecting the sisters if he was gone, I think, just shows so much more about, again, Andy's love for the sisters and that he was, again, knowing that he was likely sacrificing his life in order to help them.
1: I know. It was so hard to hear this because, again, it just speaks to who Andy was, you know, his character how he knew prue so well and knew that this was gonna happen and knew that she was gonna blame herself in all of this i'm glad that she got to hear that though like i think she definitely needed that even though maybe she's still gonna blame herself afterwards like the fact that he said that like she kind of did a little smile thing like just it, it was just so sweet you know
0: yeah You know what I wonder? I'm going to bring it up. I mean, this is a spoiler to say that it never happens, but I wonder, okay, I know this from another show that was airing on the network at the same time. The network was really against interracial couples, and I wonder if that had not been the case, would there have been a Daryl and Prue romance that would have developed?
1: Maybe. I mean, I never really thought about it, like why Daryl was never romantically involved with any of the siblings in fact i don't think we ever really see the siblings in an interracial
0: yeah no the network at this time was very against having like any type of interracial couples on tv because they were worried about like how viewers would react to it and like what it would do for their sales and stuff
1: how times have changed now it's like a problem if you don't have that
0: Mm -hmm. that's crazy yeah, so I wonder, like, had the show been made in, like, 2022, would Daryl have either developed a relationship with Prue or with one of the other sisters?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. That's a good question.
0: Guess we'll never know, though. Because <laughs> I just felt like that, you know, obviously the emotional connection, but I wondered if, obviously, you know, it could be a friendship, or there's nothing wrong with friendships between men and women, but I wonder if there would have been potential had, like, that not been a network issue.
1: Yeah, I think that would have been smart, but I do like the idea of them having a long-lasting friend, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? One that actually is consistent throughout the show. But at the same time, I do understand what you're saying about the, maybe things would have been different, maybe he would have been a love interest had it not been looked upon like that at the time. Yeah. So, now we are at the manor again in the attic. And Piper and Phoebe are there, and Phoebe asked Piper if she really thinks that's the window. Uh, she drew the triquatra on the wall with chalk in the spot where Braxos first appeared. And then Prue shows up and says, look, I know that I haven't exactly been myself lately, and I know that I'm going through something, and that I have some things to work through, but I don't want to let you down because of that. Right now, it's not about me, it's about us. And Phoebe said, I knew you'd come around. And they both kind of smile. Piper's like, excuse me? <laughs> and Phoebe's like, well, I did deep down. And then Piper asks Prue if she's sure she's up to it. And Prue uses her power to move a chair. And she's like, I'm sure. And then they tell her to the plan, and which is that she moves a, brax- a Braxis while they go to the book and find a spell to vanquish him. So they create a circle around the Triquatra drawing. And the portal opens. And then Abraxas kind of looks at them. Prue hesitates and doesn't really do anything. They're yelling at her to use her power. And he says, first the book, then you. And Prue is still not using her power to do anything. And Abraxas pushes them back and they kind of go flying onto the floor. And the portal closes again. And Piper and Phoebe look pretty upset. Prue just kind of looks a little shocked or confused, you know? Mm-hmm there I don't want to say too much about Prue's reaction because we kind of find out in the next scene you know what exactly happened in
0: that moment but um I think it's very fitting though of her character the reaction even before we get into her explanation of it because I feel like Prue is definitely the person to even if something's going to be hard for her if it's for her sisters like she's going to force herself to do it anyway and that's something I could really relate to like I feel like even if something's hard for me And like someone needs me to do something, I'm gonna try no matter what the emotional toll might be on me.
1: Yeah, I think I think I'm similar in that way. And I definitely see that it fits Prue's character. And it's a very respectable trait to have. And it kind of just shows too, because she's always been able to pull through before the fact that this time she couldn't, it just speaks to her relationship with Andy and their connection and how much this is really affecting her, which just makes it even more sad.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. So we're still at the manor, and the sisters are all walking down the stairs, and Piper asks Prue what happened, and Prue's like, nothing. And Phoebe's like, yeah, nothing is exactly the problem. And Prue says that, I never said I had the power to go against him. You did, you remember. And Phoebe says, the book did. And Prue says that maybe it was wrong, and Abraxas is too strong. Piper says that Prue hesitated, and Phoebe agrees. Pru's like, so what are you saying? This is my fault. Is that it? Because I can't defeat Abraxas. And Phoebe tells her that she can, but something is holding her back and she needs to face it or they're all dead. And then Prue starts crying and she's like, that's right, Phoebe. It's my responsibility, isn't it? The oldest sister, always supposed to be able to figure things out. Well, if that's the case, then how come I couldn't save Andy? If I'm supposed to be so powerful, how come I couldn't save him? And Phoebe and Piper both, like, I think it hits them in that moment because they both look so sad for her. And she says, Andy died because of me. It doesn't matter what he said. It was my fault. How can it be good to be witches if all it does is get the people we loved killed? And she's still crying and they hug her. And Piper tells her it's not her fault. And she tried to keep him from coming to the house. And Phoebe tells her there's nothing she could have done to stop him, that he chose to be at the manor, not because of who... Prue is, but because of who he was. And Piper says, protector of the innocent, just like us. And Prue says that she doesn't know if she believes in it anymore. And Phoebe says that they've done a lot of good as witches, but bad things will still happen and it won't all be their fault. They all hug again, and that's when they all three hear Grams' voice. And Prue asks how it's possible. Piper says, maybe it means we're connected. And Phoebe says, to be as one. Maybe that's what the book meant by the power of one. All three of them need to work as one. So Phoebe asks Prue if she's ready to try again, and she says they need to go where they're the most connected because Abraxas will be expecting them at the house.
1: So here, just that whole conversation between the girls, so heartbreaking. I mean, Prue really let go this time and shared her emotions. Like, we never really see her cry like that or get that emotional, you know? And um, I think it was even, you saw in their faces that it was even hard for Piper and Phoebe to see her like that. And I'm glad that they became understanding in this moment and kind of helped her work through it, you know, and that that's what built the connection.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like the way that they're talking about, you know, how bad things are still going to happen to them. Like, life's not going to be perfect, but... They are doing good in the world, and again, Andy was a hero. He did what he did because of who he was, and it's not Prue's fault, and I hope that she's, like, learning to really recognize that here.
1: Me too. I, I think it did hit her when Phoebe said, you know, like, it was, like, there was nothing you could do to stop him. He did it because of who he was, not because of you, you know? I think that got to her a little more and hopefully gets through to her, but overall very emotional scene and I I did love that moment between the sisters generally Mm -hmm. okay so now we are at the park and they're standing around the rock that Piper and Phoebe were at yesterday and the sun is just coming up and they're all holding hands saying the spell the the kind of the incantation spell that gave them their powers in the first place and then we see in the astral plane Abraxas is reading the same spell backwards as they're reading it forward out loud. And then in the park, they continue, and it kind of goes back and forth. Um, And the book closes on Abraxas, but he opens it back up and tries to continue. But they keep going, and the book finally closes fully and flies away from Abraxas. And then in the park, the portal opens, and the book flies out and lands on the rock. Prue tells them to keep going, and Abraxas appears in the portal, and he's like, what are you doing? How did you bring me here? And they just continue the spell. And he says, I will destroy you. And he starts spinning in the power, you know, from what they're, they're from them reading the spell. And then a triquatra forms as he blows up and glows on into the book. And it just kind of glows the signature on the book. And then they stop chanting. And Phoebe picks up the book and goes, and we didn't even have to get naked. And they all <laughs> laugh. <laughs> So, cute scene. A little side note, though, I feel like it's always been known that, like, the manor is where their power is the strongest, like, where they're the most connected and everything, but, um, all of a sudden, like, Prue saying in the last scene, like, we need to go where we're the most connected, Abraxas will be expecting us here, but, like, isn't that where you're the most connected?
0: Literally, like I don't think we're ever gonna see this rock again. So I don't think yeah, this is no. where they're most connected. <laughs> exactly.
1: Like this is just a random ass rock that we've never seen before. Like all of a sudden it's just the most powerful spot you guys have been to. Like okay. <laughs> but other than that, they got the book back. Everything is a-okay. And yeah. I don't have too much to say. I don't know what you have.
0: Yeah, I mean Vanquish Wise, you know, this works for me. Um, it's a good ending to the episode. I'm a little confused about how Abraxas got to the end of the book, but they didn't face any other demons or warlocks. But you know, I was thinking the same thing. But overall, you know, a cute little ending to that yeah, storyline. Yeah.
1: And I like again the way that they were reading callback from the first episode, season one. And they were reading the, the incantation to give them their powers. It's <laughs> just again another subtle thing that they did that I I thought it was smart.
0: Yeah, and the way that you know. Getting their powers is what kind of connected them to each other, so that kind of becoming one thing that is the theme of this episode is obviously very clear in that scene, and of course with that incantation.
1: Yes, and makes sense with the rest of the show.
0: So then we move to the final scene of the episode. We're at the manor, and Prue puts the book back on the podium, and is like, that's more like it. Piper says that she wants to get rid of the window to keep demons out, and Prue says they can expect more demons like him. As she finishes reading the page, it says, "Rite of passage, fight it with the power of one or else a more powerful evil that awaits will destroy you. And Phoebe says she's glad she didn't read it yesterday or she might have changed her mind. And Prue says that she wouldn't have, she likes being a witch too much. And that Phoebe helped remind her that she likes being one too. And Piper says, me three, too bad it doesn't pay the bills though. And Phoebe kind of turns to Prue and asks her if she got it, and they give a paper to Piper. It's a home equity loan they took out on the house, and they all own the club together. They hug, and then they hear Grams' voice again, and the book starts turning, and we see Grams appear as a ghost. She says, hello, my darlings. Oh, it's nice to see you, or rather, it's nice being seen by you. And Phoebe asks if she's the one who keeps turning the pages in the book. And she says that it's her way of looking out for them as best as she can. She's like, don't try to understand this. You're not ready yet. But the fact that you could hear me before, can see me now, means that someday you might be. Be good to each other. I love you. And they all smile and she like disappears in these white lights. And the book keeps flipping and it turns to a page that says, happy anniversary, my darlings.
1: It was so adorable. I think they ended that on such a cute note, like seeing Grams for the first time. And again, just another like, kind of subtly saying like hey you guys have grown so much that now you can even see me you know like your powers are growing like I like that in season two they're showing that the difference in them as witches versus season one
0: yeah and I love you know again seeing the family connection with the book and how even in the afterlife like their relatives are still looking after them and their powers so they have that kind of Back up, even if they don't have like I was talking about earlier like some type of physical mentor who's there for them they have this like spirit mentor of like these ancestors who are turning the pages and helping them find what they need to find
1: yeah exactly I, I love that as well I think I think this overall such a great episode I honestly I mean I didn't forget about this episode but I forgot how much I liked it and I think I was able to appreciate it like so much more this time around knowing all the little important things that were in this episode.
0: My one criticism, though, of this scene is, like, the sisters are always complaining about how broke they are, and yet, like, they were able to take out this loan on the house. Like, why haven't they done that for the other issues they have ever before? Like, weren't they struggling to pay their mortgage last season, and now all of a sudden they're taking out a second mortgage?
1: Yeah, I know. A little confusing to me. I guess I'm just gonna put it on a... Prue is getting better with her job or something. <laughs> Who knows. I try to make little things to make my own reasoning for some of the stuff that is unexplained in the show.
0: But yeah, I mean overall I agree with you. This is a really strong season opener. Um it's making me really excited for what's to come in season 2 and yeah. I just loved it.
1: Me too. Overall, we got some new characters added and everything. Some connections being formed. Beautiful introduction couldn't ask for, couldn't ask for more. Yeah.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you want to reach out to us or follow us on social media, we're on Instagram and TikTok at rewitched underscore pod. You can also send us an email to rewitched.pod at gmail.com and join us back next time for season two, episode two, Morality Bites.